0: going on it is adam welcome back to bringing it backwards a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom on this episode we had the opportunity to hang out with Whip cream over a zoom video Whip cream was born in ontario canada lived there till she was about 12 years old and then moved to vancouver a majority of her life really was spent figure skating she had an incredible figure skating career was actually looking to do the olympics and an injury caused her to really have to give up on that on that dream so she talks about that moment kind of not knowing what she was going to do with herself she goes to the sasquatch festival in washington sees a set from an artist which blew her mind and at that moment she knew that music is what i need to be doing She talks to us about moving back in with her parents, spending a whole year learning how to produce, learning how to write songs. She told us about a viral moment that she had on SoundCloud, which then turned over to YouTube, having 25 million plays on one of her songs, which led to booking a bunch of live performances. She talks about releasing her first bit of all original music, eventually getting signed to Atlantic Records, how that deal fell out. Now being independent and working with Monster Cat, Whip Cream has a brand new song featuring the rapper 4-5, and that song's called Who's Laughing Now? She talks all about that new record as well. You can watch the interview with Whip Cream on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at bringing back pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with whipped cream. Well, I'm Adam. It's very nice to meet you and I appreciate you doing this.
1: Thank you. Likewise. It's good to meet you too, Adam.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the song you have coming in. Awesome. Sweet. Um. So, I was doing some some research on you, and it looks like you were a figure skater for quite quite some time. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I was for most of my life. That's mostly what I did. Instead of going to school, I skated.
0: That's wild. Well, I want to start uh, with where you where were you born and raised.
1: Uh, born in Toronto, raised in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, drove out west around 12, and grew up on Vancouver Island. Wow. In Columbia, Canada.
0: That's got to be a, quite a, a difference, right? I mean, from Ontario area to the to the uh, west coast.
1: Honestly, it's uh, definitely polar opposite. Um, <laughs> I really love the west coast, but I love where I come from too.
0: <laughs> cool. I'm from San Diego originally. I live in Nashville now, but um i don't I, my family's been up to vancouver i've never been what's it, is it the weather pretty similar to i, don't know, I guess the bay area or
1: oh um like, mm,
0: probably not Sa- southern california but like Northern. yeah
1: yeah somewhat i mean we are the warmest place in canada so we okay. still snow, though we still get snow um it rains a lot it's a lot like i would like put it between seattle That's kind of similar weather that Vancouver Island has.
0: Sure. Okay. Very, very cool. So you traveled out that way at 12, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So before uh, moving out West, uh, what was it like growing up in Ontario?
1: It was awesome. Um, That's kind of where I got intro to so much music that I listen to now. Um, We lived on a little corner and uh, a very ethnic area and, um, yeah, we didn't. I didn't have a lot of money growing up, but what we did for fun was like watching music videos, listening to music, eating good food and I guess like playing outside as kids. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a like pretty good childhood there. Um, that's kind of, I think, where it started for me.
0: What were you listening to? Like what videos were you waiting to see? <laughs>
1: Um, like 50 Cent, um, oh, Aaliyah, I was obsessed with Aaliyah, um, Pharrell was obsessed with Nerd, um, yeah, just like all the kind of early, um, uh, mid-90s, early 2000s kind of hip-hop.
0: <laughs> okay, rad. Yeah. Very, very yeah. cool. Do you come from, like, a musical family at all or cre- creative a household?
1: Um, not really. I think I come from a household where they just said, like, whatever you love to do, we're, we'll support you. Um, my dad always had music playing. I mean, he does take credit. He's like, I had the radio playing when you were, like, when we were born. And um, always had music playing. Um, We definitely have some musicians and artists in my family. My cousin's an artist. My uncle is a musician. My great-grandma was, like, a really great piano player. So, like, obviously... Maybe in the DNA, <laughs> I don't know, but in my sure. household, it was just like, do whatever you want. Like tomorrow, if I decided I wanted to be a garbage man or as long as I was passionate, my parents were down to do whatever that was.
0: That's amazing. And it sounds like you're pretty passionate, obviously, about figure skating. And how old were you when you started doing that? And that must have taken up a majority of obviously your early childhood through maybe teens.
1: yeah. It took everything, <laughs> like every year. Um, not in a bad way. Um, mm-hmm. It took a lot of my time. Like honestly, you know, before high school, I would go um, to the rink at like five a.m. and then I'd be late for for high school. Um, and then I'd leave high school early to go skate for three or four hours. Um, so yeah, it took from like I guess like from like seven and seven or eight till about seventeen um, is kind of when I stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was full time. Like I didn't really experience a normal, whatever normal is, um, teenage years. Like, um, I didn't actually experience like going to a party or expressing myself with dyeing my hair or getting nails or tattoos or whatever mm-hmm. until I hit like 18, 19. Um, not until I quit skating, you know?
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause that must've been, you must've been so involved with that. I mean, it sounds like you were just from what I was reading, like you know, Olympic levels were what you were striving for at that time.
1: Yeah, I was really good. I was really good. Um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, I had an accident and, uh, yeah, I broke my right ankle pretty bad. I still have metal like pins and plates and all the, the
0: good stuff. Oh my stuff. gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that when that happened, um, I didn't know what was going to happen. the The surgeon, when I woke up, they have to be really blunt with you, and he was mm-hmm. like, "You might li- have a limp," and I was like, "All right, <laughs> wasn't yeah. expecting this." <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, I never, I never had a limp. Within a year, I was landing all my jumps again. Um, oh,
0: so you you got back on your skates?
1: I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh wow! And then eventually, you just uh, uh, that must have taken you out for yeah. a bit of time. So. When you decided to get back, was it just like, oh, my, like, this is too, like, I, I I, don't know. It must have stopped the momentum of you trying to go to the Olympics and everything.
1: Um, that's that's exactly it. Um, yeah. For, for whatever reason, if I can't see myself on the path going to the highest self mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, that passion just kind of stopped. I was hitting a wall and I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, right. I love this. And then I was going to the rink and I wasn't loving it. And I was like shocked because this was my whole being Mm -hmm. Um, called my parents. I was like, Hey, um, I'm going to quit skating. They were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just not happy anymore. Um, And I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't have any like high grades to fall back on. I did not know anything about what I was going to do with my life. I'm not going to lie. That's why it's such a beautiful story. I had no Mm -hmm. clue. Um, And then, like, within that year, I just kind of was working full-time, and I had a really still my best friend to this day say, hey, Caroline, you need to come to to a music festival. You love music. You express yourself on the ice through music. You have to come to this festival. I'm like, no, 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 I have to work. I'm going to save money. I might go to Australia travel, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, like, you have to go. Like, got my ticket, paid for my ticket, and then we went, and – that's where every freaking light bulb in my whole entire being turned on. Um, now, I saw, and you
0: knew at that point that was it. Yeah. What festival did you go to?
1: Um, Sasquatch at the Gorge in Washington.
0: Wow. Okay. Was there a particular artist, or was it just the whole vibe and experience that you're like, this? I need to be a part of this.
1: Mm-mm. It was just one artist that made me realize there was about forty people there. It was the smallest, ricketyest. Falling apart stage at that festival. Um, the artist's name is Active Child.
0: Okay, I've heard the name, and that, and when that person performed, it was like, even though it wasn't the big headliner, it was still this is it. Like, what, what, what kind of resonated with you? Do you remember?
1: Um, <laughs> no, I can't really put it into words other than in the music, it touched in life mm-hmm. earth all the colors that i was missing and every feeling that i never experienced before and no drugs no alcohol it was purely a divine entry into what i was supposed to do and if i hadn't gone if i hadn't had that friend invite me like i'd never experienced any of this as a figure skater you're so prim and proper you can't mm-hmm. have tattoos you can't look like this you can't it's they say it's about the art but it's not and what I Yeah, mean, there's
0: a whole like stigma I would imagine, or a whole like persona you have to put off with it.
1: It yeah, and it's very judgmental. <laughs> no, no hate to figure skating. Um, <laughs> lo- I still do it. I love to skate. It's
0: great. Oh, really? It's just like a hobby. You just go out and crush i'm sure you go out there and people are just like damn like who is this
1: yeah sometimes it's kind of fun to go like to a public skate and just go and do
0: like show up all the other people (laughs) yeah (laughs) what took you to vancouver was it skating
1: um no my dad had family on the west coast um and his mom was getting older, and my dad hated Toronto. He's like, "I hate the traffic. I hate the weather. Mm-hmm. Been here too long. I want you guys to experience this." So we packed up. So, excuse me. We packed up an RV. We we didn't have a lot of money. Like my parents did amazing for what we had financially, and we packed up an RV, and he let us homeschool for a month and a half, and we drove through the states in this RV, and we did. All these like I already, had already been to like 22 states before I even started touring because of that trip.
0: Really? So you guys just drove through the United States and yeah. then eventually got up to, to Vancouver. and Yeah. Wow. Did you go down? I mean, 22 states. You must have went down and up and around. I mean, that's a quite the trip.
1: We went all over the place. Um, yeah. And I, I definitely remember and it still is kind of to to this day. My favorite place was New Orleans. <laughs> oh, love- wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's cool. What was it, just, it? Was it the vibe? Was it the vibe? And the, I mean, the music down there is crazy.
1: Yeah. The music and the people, the energy. Um, yeah. I just, I loved it. The people, especially.
0: Very cool. And was it difficult to make that move? Like, were you, did you know that you'd be able to continue skating there? Cause if you started that young, I mean, you still yeah. 12, you had been doing it for a while. Um, have,
1: have yeah. Been. Like I was, yeah, I was going to keep skating. Um, I broke my foot in grade 12. So it was like prom year and I went to prom in a boot. Like, everyone, oh, man. Yeah.
0: And uh, once you break your I mean, I don't want to s- spend any really more time on this. because I'm curious about your music, but I'm just like once that happens, yeah. you know, that's got to be crushing. You're like, OK, now I've dedicated my whole life to this. Like,
1: oh, yeah. Uh, oh, what? yeah. I thought yeah. I was going to kill myself. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But, yeah, that's definitely how I felt.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, right? You you worked your whole life for something and then it's taken away from you right there. Yeah, with, it with it was one literally, injury.
1: Literally, and that's kind of what put everything into perspective for me and I was like, "No, I am going to walk normally. I'm going to get these jumps back." Um and I think that's what makes me so resilient and persistent as this 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 female producer in this male dominated mm-hmm. industry. It's like, no, like, but I am going to do it. And it's right. like I had the surgeon tell me that I'm going to have a limp. It's like, mm, no, you know, it's just, I already know.
0: Yeah. You're <laughs> overcoming. Like, yeah. 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 No, I'm not. I've, I've got this.
1: <laughs> I like it's a beautiful kind of delusion. And I think here's, this is how I live my life. One, mm-hmm. one quote, two quotes. One is my dad told me if it's got to be, it's up to me. So in that quote, like, I think the reason why I moved so in such a way through this industry is because if it can't if it if it feels like it's not being done by others like even team wise I in pa- I have a great team now so blessed but past um I'd always take it into my own hands like if it's not going to be done unless it's up to me so that's kind of one thing I lived by but secondly um if you have a whisper for something like if you like something there's a reason why it's there and you can have your dream life you just have to really believe it. Like, don't be afraid of joy. That's kind of the main thing that I followed in my life is like, there's reasons why God has given me all of these things. Mm -hmm. Now it's up to me to just believe in them and work for them and they will come to me. That's kind of how I view it.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's, that's beautiful. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can relate to a lot of what you, what you just said there. That's, that's cool. I, I'm an AA, so that's a lot of it. Like God is putting these things together for you and you need to just blah, 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 move forward. Um,
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry to cut you, but AA is such a beautiful program. Program I've like never been, but I, I have some close friends um, and I think it's such a spiritual place and you learn so much about yourself and other people in those meetings even i think that we should have them as even not a i feel like right 100%.
0: i i i 100 uh, agree with that i had a yeah somebody told me one time like i think it, they said i think uh everyone should do the work those 12 steps even if just in school, just to do it, because I mean, you're really looking at yourself. Yeah, the drinking or whatever, drug use is one piece of it, but yeah. once that's gone, it's your your brain is just like, okay, now what? And you gotta like really deep dig into yourself. And but that's similar to what like you know they talk about is like you know things are happening and people are putting these things in your life. And uh, the way you phrase it, I was like, damn, like that just was straight out of a meeting. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I
1: I don't really too much. I used to, you know, when I was younger, but I replaced most of my, my fun, you know, bad things with kombucha. It's great. Oh,
0: there you go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, well that, I mean, that's incredible. I was going to ask you like, so you go to this music festival and then you, this light, you know, turns on. You're like, oh my gosh, like, uh, this is, this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Do you go home? Like, how do you even start? Is it like, I need to learn how to produce. Like I want to learn how to DJ. Like, where does it even go? Or do I, do I need to pick up an instrument? Like,
1: it's so like, this is the craziest. This is the definition of just being delusional because I had no music theory. I couldn't even tap a beat like on a song. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I just had an impeccable taste and i can be as cocky cuz i just i've always had it since i was a kid in music um, that's kind of how it started i knew what was good i knew those feelings it took to make a record that could touch every feeling and that's kind of my main ethos in, in making music i want simple songs that touch every feeling melancholy and joy and like juxtapositions like that is the best type of music in my opinion um, mm-hmm. So for me, I just kind of followed that um, I didn't really know other producers, especially females. I did not know any when I started 10 years ago, not not mm-hmm. one, unfortunately, other than like Missy Elliott, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I just went to YouTube. Um, OK, first of all, within a couple weeks, I quit my job. I told my parents, hey, give me a year. I'm going to live in your basement. I'm going to quit my job. Don't be scared. I'm going to become a DJ and I'm going to try to learn music. production. <laughs> and my Your parents are supposed
0: to do it. And I'm like, wait, what are you going to do? You're like, I'm going to be a DJ. Don't worry. This is going to work out for me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no, literally that's like kind of the response. And I was, they're like, okay, I'm like whatever, um, whatever you want, girl. So I, I, I did it. I spent all my tour, uh, sorry, my, my travel fund that I was saving up and I bought a S4 tractor controller Um, a laptop in in Ableton. And then I just went on YouTube every day. I'm a very slow learner. And I've always been this way. Um, Unless I'm super passionate about it, I don't pick up things very quickly. I'm like an elephant, like I'll stop it. And then but once I learn it, I don't forget it. And I do crazy twists on it. And it's it's quite poetic and and genius. And it's fun. But that's how I learn. So on YouTube, I would just type like, at the time i loved t- trap music like um like the edm trap though like the early bower shit um mm-hmm. that was kind of what i was inspired by at the time so i would type how to make a t- trap beat and then all i would do is watch this this little trap producer make a trap beat but i would pause it and i would copy where he put the kick and i would copy where he put the hats and then i would be like how do you sample how do you manipulate audio how do you tell things in key like piano practices, like all this crazy shit that just came to mind? I have no fucking idea freaking idea how to you, you can speak?
0: cuss. Don't worry about okay,
1: it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I have no idea what I was doing, but all I wanted was to make music. And it almost felt like I was swimming or like learning a new language. It's super hard and you like mm-hmm. can't keep drowning. You don't know anyone, you're just swimming, blah blah blah. And then like eventually things started to click. And then I kind of followed the flow of making remixes and edits and it was a SoundCloud era. So I was was really into like R&B and hip hop and club shit. This is like a decade ago. And I really love like DJ Slink and Unique and uh, Swizzy Mac, this kind of production. So I started making Jersey club remixes and it was really easy for me because I would just take a song, speed it up to 135 and just go crazy with percussion. And that's kind of what helped me learn. However, started putting shit up on soundcloud some of it's taken down now because they're they're like not their copyright. Or yeah whatever.
0: they they've been strict about it recently i know
1: super strict um but one one of my remixes blew up within two years it had like a million plays on youtube 25 million plays i was like oh
0: my god
1: the 808s were out of key when i tell you like this shit was it was just feeling people liked it you know i So then that happened. I started touring Canada and then my shows were being talked about all over North America. Americans were like, who is this chick? Who is this chick? And then real
0: quick. I, I love what you're saying. I'm just curious. So you put that remix up and it does well on SoundCloud and what you had it on YouTube as well. And then it just became like this viral thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the time, like 25 million plays, I think, is pretty big, like 10 years ago on SoundCloud. That's
0: that's still a huge net. I mean, that's insane. Unless you're comparing yourself to like Taylor Swift, but I mean, like 25 (laughs) million, that's more than a lot of artists could ever dream of getting.
1: No, you're right. You're right. I should be more grateful for that time in my life because that was so exciting. Um, I think of
0: how many people 25 million in. Oh, that was
1: pretty crazy. I think some of those videos are still on YouTube. It was a Ella Airy close off remix, lip cream remix.
0: Okay, I have to look it up. That's yeah, wild. don't
1: judge the production. It is. Well, was- twenty
0: five million other people agreed, so I will have to.
1: True, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Thank you so much. That that's that's. You're right. I should definitely smile when i think about it
0: um, <laughs> well was that bringing more attention to you obviously as, as far as like were you getting gigs because people are like who is it you like you said "You're like who is this chick is that like oh you know whip cream let's find who this is i mean they're, they're getting all these plays like what's going on here
1: yeah and i think people started just talking about my live shows too um and naturally i i i I'm a great music curator. I always know who's next up. I always know the song for the moment. And I think that really um, resonates to others when I'm performing. Um, now I have my own sound and I'm going through a- an artist's direction. So it's a little different. You're going to come in and, 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 and at this time, enjoy the experience that I'm providing with the music I'm making now. But when I first started, I was just a performer, man. Like all the... All the unique and 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 hot songs and people were just talking about my shows they were from what i heard really great they they still are great but they're more yeah but you were
0: djing like a room right i mean you'd play other people's records yeah and now because you have a discography of a bunch of songs that are yours it's like okay if you're going out you're just gonna play your own song
1: exactly yeah that's kind of exactly how it is now It, it i never thought i'd get here it's it actually makes me laugh like how much music i'm making myself now and filling my whole sets with my shit now it's mm-hmm. it's i yeah 10 years ago me would never think of the life i've gotten myself into right now and i want so much more like um it's it, to me i still feel like this little plant that's like getting now finally getting the sunlight it needed finally um through life's path but it's about to go down Respectful. no
0: yeah you're you're killing it i mean with uh like did you with your own music did you just start kind of gently sp- sprinkling in your own songs into your sets or like how how did you, okay That's and when
1: exactly, you put out your
0: when you put out your first song like what was that like you're like okay i i'm good at you know running the room and, and knowing what songs people are gonna like and yeah kind of how to how to curate this playlist but now i have my own song are people gonna care
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that was such a beautiful experience. I remember finishing my first song, like original. It did really well. Um, One in particular, it was one of the first few songs I made. It was called Suffocate and so unique, so cinematic, had this dark sound, but like R&B synths. And I remember finishing that song. It was one of my first ones I did and putting it out and producers like Y2K, um, producers like Akali, um, Hoochie, all of these guys I was looking up to in the EDM world were asking me, how did you make that sound? What did you do here? And I'm just like, oh, I just manipulated the, the sample. I was chopping up and transposing it down and warping it. Like, I did not use any plugins at that time. I was just manipulating audio and, like, doing unique freaking potions on Ableton, <laughs> honestly. But that was really cool and kind of re- reaffirmed to me that I was kind of doing something different.
0: Sure. And then you got reached out to I mean, you end up getting signed for a couple of records early on, right?
1: Yeah, um, I was uh, I put out an EP on Skrillex's blog, Ness HQ, and That's then. crazy. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, My favorite song on that project was called Ignorant. I still love it to this day. So if if anyone's listening and wants to listen to Ignorant, it's such a fire record. I love it. Um, And then after that, I got signed to Atlantic Records, their sister label called Big B, and we did like a pretty major deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got released and that was amazing for me because I could be independent again and make whatever I wanted. And yeah, I-, I was going
0: to ask you about that. Cause you, you put that record out what, in, in 2020 also, right? The one with Atlantic.
1: Yeah. Um, so
0: you get, yeah. you sign this major deal. Uh, you have what, some music ready to come out and then the pandemic happens. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of your, you know, yeah. for, for all music, but uh, especially if you're DJing or, you know, doing shows like in that caliber it's like you can't really go out and have a party yeah so (laughs) what was that like
1: um from
0: crushing yeah i mean Uh, like did you have the project ready and like we're like okay i'm going to have this big release with atlantic and now everything's shut down like
1: as crazy as it sounds uh well covid was an awful thing for the world i'll first put that Mm -hmm. um during that time for me it was a reset um, to what's most important to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, And I realized how much I like being at home. And I realized how much I like being in nature. And I realized how much I like drinking a coffee and not being rushed out the door to get on a plane during that time. So for me, it was actually a really beautiful, amazing experience. And I actually wrote so much music in that time because I just felt like, oh, like, there's no, there's nothing. There's just, mm-hmm. I'm just here right now. There's no schedule.
0: <laughs> right?
1: Um, so, I mean, we did have releases coming out, but like to tour and being in studios, et cetera, which I love, Studio being in a studio is like my ultimate high. I love m- making music, but the whole touring, being in a plane and the whole, you know. Yeah, all
0: the stuff that comes with it, right? All the yeah. travel and, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that time for me, lots of people would disagree with their as a DJ, but I had a great great time, <laughs> and I actually took a lot of what I learned during that time about myself into right now, and I'm grateful for every minute I had. Um, and I'm grateful for how I was let go, um, by the label as well. Um, they had released a whole bunch of artists like that week, pretty much, and I already felt like it wasn't a fit. Um, At the time, I'm not saying it couldn't be again in the future, but I had a little party. I was fucking so stoked to like (laughs) be independent again because I immediately started making way more money, immediately started making, just being happier. When I'm making what I want to make, no amount of money could lure me again. No, no, no. I'm going to do it my way and that's going to bring me all the money that's how I see it. So I'm just
0: Right, and then you probably own the publishing to everything you have now.
1: Right? I own everything, yes.
0: Yeah, which is like what people care about. I mean, that's what matters, right? That's where you get paid. But um yeah, and then you could release whatever you want and do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, and then shortly after I found Monster Cat, which is an amazing dance label and and we just do pretty much one-offs and I really enjoy working with them. I we, we have tackled some really groundbreaking work together and experimented and they trust my vision fully. Um, so yeah, Yeah, we, they
0: put out some amazing records. I've worked with them before, you know, in, in the past and you look at their lineup of people that they've released music for. It's just like the top of the top. Right?
1: Yes. Yes. And I, I love their passion, um, mm-hmm. and their belief. Um, I think for me, I just need people that are passionate and see what, as far as i can see and 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 down to take risks that's what mm-hmm. i like i when i don't feel like the people around me are down to take risks or shift at a, a moment if the mind is changed that's when i feel a little trapped so i'm so grateful to have the team that's so down to trust and just jump in you know
0: mm-hmm. and they're not just electronic right i mean they've put out so many other artists totally i mean i think as, asking alexandra is who i had on the show from that's the first one i can think of that's on Monster Cat, but like they're nothing like an electronic band at all. But that label is just so good at picking artists that they know are going to do something. Totally. So you have another release coming out with, with Monster Cat, right?
1: Yeah. My next song, um, it's called Who's Laughing Now? And it's with 4-5 out of New York. Um, And yeah, I definitely brought him into my own world because he definitely has his own sound mm-hmm. in regards to production. And I'm so happy he was down to experiment and trust my vision. Um, the song's just like a, in my opinion, a, a cinematic masterpiece that bridges electronic with hip hop and even gives you like some some movie vibes. Um, so I'm super super stoked about this one. Like that's rad. Yeah. With with like uh,
0: with your you know having four or five on your songs or Lil Xan or whoever it may be, like do you reach out to these people and you're like, okay, here's the production just do what you want over this or like yeah. how does how does that happen so
1: so usually like when i work with like big lotto or low-key we reach out directly um whether that's me or my team um i like to just hit the dm that's usually how i go in because i think artist to artist is the most organic way to make the most organic record um with little right. with little xan that was an Atlantic label setup. Um, mm. He was really awesome, though. Like honestly, really kind. I remember I was late to getting to the session, and when I walked in, he just he came apparently an hour early and was like, "Thank you so much! Like I'm such a fan, and like was so grateful to be there." And he was just so sweet. So a lot of people have judgment on on him, but I I just think he's such a a really good soul. Um, uh-huh. But that was a label setup. But yeah, usually it's artist to artist. Um, sometimes management will talk to management um but yeah i think that the best music is made through artist-to-artist relation
0: sure so like how does this song come together is it in a way of you both work on the production together or you kind you have an idea you send it to him and then he's Um, like i have this verse or like when it comes to the song being like created like how does what does that look like
1: yeah so this song in particular i can run down what i
0: would love to hear yeah
1: um so i was in utah a couple months ago i'd say like six or seven months ago maybe less um and i uh just took a week and i recorded and produced and just vibed out and i ended up making like six or seven really dope ideas within that week of of being at that airbnb and one of the ideas was who's laughing now um and at the time the whole record was almost fully produced um the trumpets, I wanted real trumpets, but I had just put in like a plug-in of trumpets and mm-hmm. I had already sang it um with my with my mic that I took on the road. Everything was pretty much laid out and I was like, hmm. At first the beat was really like like um southern. The 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 first drop was very southern and very much just a a rap beat. It didn't feel so much electronic or a drop at the time. I didn't put a kick right on the one purposefully, and I wanted it to feel just really like just really cool and tasteful. That's the vibe mm-hmm. I was going for. But I knew I was going to want to put this on Monster Cat, which is more electronic driven. So mm-hmm. I thought to myself, how do I bring it into the world? I want to where, where I'm going to have to make this drop a little more electronic. So I thought I'm going to try to get a wrapper on this first drop. I need to. I d- I dug into like the wrappers I was kind of on at the time, and then um, I got connected to Four Five. And then I got connected to his producer through four or five. And then I sent the music I'd made in Utah, the seven songs to his producer. And I'm like, hey, this is what I'm on. I know it's completely different from what you're on right now. This is the project. And I specifically put Who's Laughing Now as the first song because I could hear four or five on that drop. It didn't make sense, but I could hear it. And I just sent it and within like 30 seconds of him listening to where the drop goes, he's like, send me this, this instrumental, I'll get him to cut it tomorrow. Like this is so different from what he's doing and he needs to get on it. And so we're five, they loved it. They were cutting it within like 48 hours.
0: And then he just sends it back to you and you're like, okay, this is perfect.
1: Yeah, pretty much he he. we did go back and forth a bit um, on the verse um, just because, yeah, there was certain notes I had. But, yeah, right. it, it got wrapped up super quick. He absolutely, absolutely killed it. I think he was made for the song. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. That's so cool. And then the song's coming out, I think, on Friday, right? It's about it's to come crazy. out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put this out around that time. So, you know. You'll have this to go along with the, with the release. And then, are you doing any like big shows or festivals or anything coming up as well?
1: Yeah, um, I have an Asia tour lined up. Uh, I don't know the exact dates, but I think we're going to like Korea and Japan. I'm so excited to go to Japan because I wow. <laughs> um, and then we have some shows in Europe, Hungary. It's more like outside of North America right now. Uh-huh. Um, which I'm super excited about because have you
0: done yeah have you done a lot of shows outside of the, uh, North America?
1: Um I mean not as many as I as I want to so I'm sure. freaking so stoked. Um yeah, Hungary and then um some shows around ADE which is um the European like Music Week um uh-huh. which is in Amsterdam. Um and then yeah, I guess I have a show coming up next week. Um it's in a place right around Montreal. Um I so sorry, I don't know the name right off the bat. Good. But
0: they could find it on your Instagram or something.
1: Exactly. But that's <laughs> an amazing one. It's like a snow festival. And oh, rad. Yeah.
0: That is exciting. Well, I'm, I yeah, I've had a chance to hear the song and it's killer. I can't wait till it comes out on Friday. And I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for, for doing this.
1: Likewise, likewise. And I'm not sure if Christina sent you the the music video, but I'll get her to do that so you can watch it.
0: Awesome. I would love to see it. Um, so I got one more question for you, you answered it earlier, but I'm going to still ask it again. I okay. want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Oh, definitely turn your little horse blinders on and, uh, you literally have to protect your energy. You get, even, even a toxic relationship can shift your purpose. And, yeah, gotta you gotta stay strong to yourself, you owe it to yourself and loving yourself first. Every answer is within yourself. And that's really deep, but I just gotta say to any artist coming up, cut off all toxic shit in your life and focus on what's good, values, morals. And then you just have to work really fucking hard. And you do have to sacrifice if you wanna get to where where I envision myself being, you do have to sacrifice some things that's my that's kind of what i have to say